welcome to yet another episode of the Semicast. This is episode 18. We're legal and we can drink. And that's what we're going to do this episode. I'm going to drink and Anthony's going to explain to me why he now has to compete with David Boreanaz for the affections of his wife. I'm drinking water at the moment, so I don't know. Maybe I'm wasting the fact that I'm 18 now. <laughs> so you're keeping your... Should I go out and get something you? harder? Or? No, I don't, you know, I just figured that, you know, we're 18, we can... Do all the crazy shit you used to do when you're 18. And then figure out there's a reason why people tell you not to do that shit. Yeah. And yeah. Um, drink those Tropicana goon bags and right. just have a serious think about your life. I don't think we even drank the Tropicana goon bags when we were 18. We were already much more advanced than that. Oh, yeah. What was your drink of choice when you were 18? It was 18? a lot of cheap vodka. Well, you know. Uh, well, I kind of started off on Jim Beam and then I kind of made my muddled my way through to Maker's Mark. Sort of stopping by Grant's for a little while. <laughs> sort of various other whiskies. Maker's Mark's still <clears> pretty good, got, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's not... It's like the crown lager of whiskies. I yeah, might be I upsetting say. people yeah. saying this. And then I kind of made my way to beer and then made my own beer. And then the rest just is kind of stopped drinking. Well, I've got myself a whiskey. It's a Laphroaig, some type of Scotch whiskey. And it comes with a little right. swing tag on the bottle that allows you You're to You're drinking that right now. I'm drinking it right now. But it comes with a little swing tag on the bottle that lets you claim your own patch of uh, Laphroaig Scottish land. And I was thinking maybe I should claim it <laughs> okay. in behalf of Semi-Informatic. Yeah, we've got a headquarters in Scotland. Yeah, so then we can go stand in that um, one foot by one foot square patch of land and do a, a podcast from there. Whilst if we did that, Scotch. could we incorporate there if their tax laws are more sort of favourable? Yeah, potentially. Cool. I'm sure that the tax laws in Scotland are fine. Yeah. I was reading just before, that apparently Stephen Fry is up on charges in Scotland for blasphemy because he said some not nice stuff about God. And apparently there's a law in Scotland where you're not allowed to do that. And so they're bringing him up on- Apparently it's a defamation law. So I'm not sure how you can actually defame someone who doesn't exist, but I'm sure- Who's going to defend God? I don't know. Is he going Um, to hire like Morris Blackburn or some like ambulance chasing Dennis DeNudo from the castle? um, Who was the one who did OJ Simpson? Uh, uh, can't remember. I'm sure that there no, was a glove involved. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the Pope's job to just show up in court and be the defendant for God. <laughs> that would be awesome. But I would pay to see that televised. And then you could get Hugh Laurie to defend Stephen Fry. And then yeah, <laughs> you've got Laurie and Fry versus the Pope and God. Fantastic. I'd probably still put my money on Laurie and Fry. Yeah, me too. But anyway, um, you wanted to talk about David Boreanaz. Yeah, did David you? Boreanaz, Angel, right. or the Bones yeah. Man, or the other. What, what else has he been in? Um, well, apparently he's doing a pilot for TV. He told my wife, Navy okay. Seals, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah hoping it gets it gets picked up. So your wife he won seems a competition to have been perennially employed to yeah, um, um, have tea with David Boreanaz. Tea and socks, apparently. Tea and socks. Did they exchange yeah. socks, or did he give her some socks? He will apparently else. we're waiting on some socks um, because they were left back at the hotel that day. But the deal is-, is Hang on a second. Character- Wait a second. There's like hotels and your wife and David <laughs> Boreanaz. This is yeah. going down a well. I'm not even sure you can recover from. But okay, no, try it. Let's go. Let's see how this ends up. So, his character on Bones apparently wears sort of interesting socks. Right, okay. Um, and so, the 
producers of the TV show leaned fucking hard into this. Yep. With shots of him with his feet up on the desk, not wearing any shoes. Yeah, yeah. And so the raffle at Supernova was that you would win afternoon tea with David Boreanaz and he would bring a pair of not worn <sighs> socks. Um, he saves all those for the was, vending machines were, in Japan. Yes, that were the same as the ones that his character wears in okay. Bones. right. Does he wear different coloured on different weird socks every episode? Is that the thing? Or is it I just the know. one I, pair of socks? I don't watch television. Okay. Because I recently um, bought my own pair of socks. Actually, I got rid of all of my socks and just restarted with just 30 pairs of the same black sock because I didn't right. want to have to deal with the, the different types of socks, different thicknesses and colours. Mm. So, now I just have to reach I- randomly in and pick out two socks and I know that they're exactly the same. I would encourage you to go back to your previous sock behaviour. Yeah, really? Why? Because I have lymphedema in my feet, which means that uh, I wear compression socks and Mm -hmm. they're all black and they're all the same and I miss being able to pick and choose my socks. But it just gives me more time in the morning. It does, but you have to think about those of us who have had socks taken from us. Okay. What if you just had all different coloured socks and you, well, or what if we made coloured lymphedema socks and they were all different colours well, but, but they were all exactly the same thickness. So, therefore, you could still reach in, in, grab two pairs of socks and they would, for all intents and purposes, be different socks but the same because they're the same thickness. I don't think that there's a business case for making coloured socks. They come in like old lady skin coloured and black. So, that was an easy choice for me. All right. Fair enough. So, go out and get yourself some coloured socks. <laughs> I'll throw my 30 pairs of socks out and get coloured ones. So, yeah, how was the tea? Let's start again. Uh, they just had like a selection of cakes and things like that. My wife uh, had a chai latte because that's what she drinks yep. because um, there is, she doesn't like coffee, but she likes the idea of a coffee. <laughs> she likes um, the warm drink when everyone else is drinking a warm yeah, drink. Yeah, yeah. And she doesn't want to have to go the hot chocolate route all the yeah. time. Apparently, David Boreanaz drinks tea. Okay. Does he they drink it with some a cakes and things like that. And with his little pinky out? I want to know I all don't the think- gruesome tea details. Well, I don't know all the details. What, you didn't so- ask? That wasn't the first question? This no. Like, grilling her on how David Boreanaz takes his tea? No. With milk my- or cream? Biscuits? Generally, when she comes back from the conventions, it's late at night, and I have to pick her up from, like, before 24-hour public transport, it was like, this yeah. is the last train, so you better be on it. Yeah. So, usually, I'm quite tired myself and not able to <laughs> do it. She came home from- She went to another convention- Yesterday, which was uh, called All Hell Breaks Loose, which yep. is about the TV show Supernatural. Didn't win any raffles or no, afternoon didn't. teas with strange men. Okay, fair enough. But she did get back to Greensboro Station at like 11.30 or something. Okay. So well, so now- At my advanced age, I am in bed by that stage. Right. Uh, so now whenever you bring your wife tea, are you just thinking in the back of your mind that you have to live up to or be better than David Boreanaz? Can you- I actually had an idea. But yes. We- have to be quiet because she listens to the podcast. All right, we'll just talk really quiet. But I thought the, the next time I bring her tea, yeah. I should just be wearing a David Boreanaz mask. Oh, and are you going to dress all in black with like the long trench coat so that you look like Angel? It'd probably have to be about six months of weightlifting in yeah. between okay. now and then to pull that off. What about when Angel became the Muppet? Maybe you could just be the Muppet version of Angel. I'm not familiar with that. So <laughs> There was a demon on Angel that would turn everyone into Muppets, and Angel was a Muppet. Right. He still had the same voice, but he was a Jim Henson character shop Muppet for the whole episode, and he carried a sword. Is that your wife's favourite episode ever? Could have been, actually. She's a big fan of Angel mm. and a big fan of Muppets, so, you know. Yeah, it's like worlds after. colliding. Yeah. All right, well, maybe you should make that. I can actually probably make you that David Boreanaz mask at work. I can print it out on some mm. A3 paper and cut it out and cut some eye holes in it and deliver it to you. So, it's all ready for you. 
Okay. And then it's all, <laughs> I reckon it's going to almost already be ready. I can have it done tomorrow. And then this podcast will go <laughs> up on Wednesday. And if you do that on the Tuesday, then she'll be none the wiser. Okay, let's do it. And then from then on- I just have to figure out a way to have a video camera running while- (laughs) Yeah. And then from then on, just like wear it when you wake up in the morning in bed and she comes out of the shower and you just lay in there (laughs) with that brown (laughs) mask, hiding under the blankets. What if she showed up to play like board games with us and we're just all wearing them? (laughs) (laughs) And just had tea and and we're wearing- No, hang on. I was going to say, and wearing nothing but socks, but that's just- Taking it into an area. Mm. To bring oh. this tortured story to an end, David Boreanaz is a very nice man. He seems like a very nice man. Yeah. He always seems he friendly. In- interested in what my wife was, does for a living and, yep. and interested in what I do for a living. And oh, maybe cool. he's a bit too nice. Who knows? Maybe he's creepy. Because he doesn't do um, trade shows that often. But No, um, he does the odd one, I think. I was wondering, like, if you're a celebrity at that level mm. and you met a lot of your fans often- how would you go about just talking bullshit to strangers that you don't know or you don't even know anything about them? You would have to be quite personable as a person and not be just a grumpy ass shit. I think there's grades. There's the people who don't do conventions who would struggle at stuff like that. Like my brother went backstage when he was a teenager to meet the Tea Party, the band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he said they were terrible. They were either drugged oh, up or showing no interest or whatsoever. But yeah. I think if you do these things often enough, you kind of come up with a routine for these things. Yeah, like you yeah. ask the person about their job and their family and how yep. the things been lately. And yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess those type of people have to go to a lot of parties and things anyway. So, they have to be able to make small mm. talk pretty easily. And just yep. asking about jobs and family and where you're from. And sorry, sir, how do you spell your name? Oh, Sandy's. Oh, John. Oh, no worries. Thanks. I have this terrible thing where people tell me their names and it just flies directly out of my head. I have exactly the same thing. And it's because I don't use anyone's name in conversation. I don't say, no. so, Anthony, how are you? I go, hey, how's it going? And no. David Boreanaz seems to be, I've just looked him up here, he seems to be more concerned with television than he is with movies. He's been in movies, but sort of none that sort of. I guess have really- um, He's been in a romantic comedy or something, hasn't he? He tried to corner that market for a while. Maybe. I don't know. He's been in one of the Crow movies, one of the- Well, that's not a romantic comedy. Maybe it is. Maybe it was the second one. There's a bunch of here that have romantic comedy-like names, but it's too much work just to click on them. So, what's a good romantic comedy name that hasn't been used? Oh. Love and Sensibility? Um, Something well, you just that's just sense and sensibility with a different. That's all they word. do with romantic comedies. They just take yeah, a name just, and put love in it. You're just stealing names from who was sense and sensibility. It'd be oh, like Star Love, a new love, the love Empire <laughs> strikes back. It's easy. Return of the love. I oh, no, that one didn't work. Star Love, huh? That's yeah. the best you can come up with with your fancy marketing brain. Yeah. Harry Potter and the Love Stone. <laughs> Harry Potter and the- Sense and Sensibility is a novel by Jane Austen, apparently. It is. Well, it is, but- What's the Sense and Zombies? What was the-, the Didn't they do a zombie oh, one? Oh, that's uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. That's the one. Is that yeah. by Jane I've Austen actually, as well? Uh, no, not the zombie version, but I think the- No, the original one, Pride, Pride and Prejudice. And Prejudice. Is, I've actually read Pride and Prejudice. Really? How was it? Yeah, it was all right. I got angry at, at the same main character that everybody else gets angry at. Why do they get angry at it? Is it just because she's badly written or because she's a dick? No, she makes poor decisions. Right. Uh, well, that's kind of the par and parcel that- for a character in a book, isn't it? You have to let somebody be the idiot that you go, no, what are you doing? Stop. Yeah. See, yeah. Uh, in Pride and Prejudice, it's not so much about a series of poor decisions. It's about two people who will clearly want to be together but can't because of the way that society worked in the day. Okay. And then somebody rewrote it, adding zombies to that. 
Fair enough. Are all of Jane Austen's books like two words, like Pride and Prejudice and Sense and no. Sensibility and um, no, no, Gull uh, and Gullibility? There's a book called Emma, which is one word. All right, okay. Uh, but she did do, well, Sense Emma and Sensibility, and Pride and Prejudice, Mansfield Park, which I have, but I have not read because I did one of those Facebook quizzes and which, like Jane Austen character, are you most like? And it said I was someone <laughs> from Mansfield Park. It said I haven't read that one, so maybe I'll read that one. You couldn't have just looked it up on Wikipedia and saved yourself the trouble? Well, well, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't like these books aren't hard to read and they're not especially long, so. Okay. I was having a conversation with my wife today because we were driving out to Wallen to go to a, a christening. Yeah, to go to a really? christening. Really? That's where my family lives. Is it? Uh, well, do they live in an estate in Wallen, like yeah. one of the newer areas? Yeah. So my family, my on my mother's side, yep. lives in sort of has a farm there. And okay. they're not real happy about the whole estate Wallen oh, thing. Oh, right. Okay. It's the other side of the tracks, the gentrified mm. area of Wallen. Yeah, gentrified, if you mean haven't really had gas for that long because it's only just been recently connected. Oh, right. Okay. So, previous to that, it was just boiling your own water for hot water and stuff like that? And mostly electricity, and I think they had gas bottles. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, yeah, we were driving out there, and on the trip, we were talking about books, and I was talking about how I don't actually read that many fiction books. Like, I haven't really read any of the classic books, mm-hmm. but I do spend a lot of my time reading non-fiction things on the internet and learning skills, and I spend a lot of my reading time that I wouldn't generally spend reading those classic stories on, you know, learning how to build an amplifier and doing all that kind of stuff. So, you know, just talking about the differences between, even though I don't spend time reading, you know, the classic literature or any kind of fiction things, I'm still reading because I'm reading fiction in a way. Mm. You read a little bit more than me. You do a little bit of a mixture of both. Yep. I sit squarely on the fence. My wife goes through books like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. When we went on holidays, she went through all the books she bought with her and then she bought some more from secondhand shops. And then when she went through those, um, she found like one of the places we stayed had books there. So she took one of their books and left one of hers. Oh, right. Okay. And you're only away for like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. You would have had to have had a whole other suitcase for books. Yeah. She was reading um, a lot of, oh, what are they? Mills and Boone. Oh, really? Yeah. Just because that's all these houses had. They, oh, right. Like for guys, <laughs> for guys, they had uh, sports biographies. Oh, yeah. You would have been into that. Had like, yeah, Mills and Boone. But they weren't just any Mills and Boone. They were a particular imprint for Mills and Boone called Super Romance. Ooh. Was that with superheroes? Is that like Batman no, I don't and stuff? Think it was. Unless superheroes are like cowboys and oh, things right. like that that are on the front. <laughs> I saw a book in a bookstore uh, that had a cowboy on the front and it and it had Boomstick. And I'm pretty sure that that wasn't a romance novel. Or it could no, have been. No. It's, that title can go either way, I think. Or even an Evil Dead reference. Could have been. Could have been. Yeah. So that's what I've been spending my day in the car talking about literature or the lack of literature right. in my life. I think the only... One of the things I really like reading is uh, Hunter S. Thompson, and that's kind of a mixture between nonfiction and mm-hmm. fiction, and it's kind of nonfiction with a fiction slant to it, I suppose. He tends to yes. editorialize things and tell a bit more of a story. Yeah. The best ever interview I ever saw with Hunter S. Thompson was when he was following a politician around um, oh, yeah. during his campaign, Yep, and he asked him to comment on a rumor that he was addicted to this drug. <laughs> and it turns out that that Hunter S. Thompson started the rumor, <laughs> and the the idea, like he says, and like he was being interviewed, and the the guy interviewing him said, "How did you know there was a rumor?" He said, "Well, I know there was a rumor because I started it." <laughs> <laughs> this guy lost. Hunter S. Thompson could have affected, yeah, 
the uh, yeah. the uh, election by doing this. Yeah. I should actually read that book. I think it's called Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail. It's a bunch of yeah. articles he did while he was at Rolling Stone following the campaign trail around. I've mm. got it, but I haven't read it. I've read the Hell's Angels book, which is kind of a good read if you're into um, the Hell's Angels or the goings-on of the Hell's Angels. And I think he just The only got- one I've read is Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. At the end of the Hell's Angels book- he um, gets beaten up by the Hells Angels because they think he's been knocking on them for something, but he hadn't been. Right. Yeah, it's cool. Um, all right. Well, what else have you been doing this week? Anything interesting or have you been playing some games? I've been playing some games. Um, we both got into Player Unknown's Battleground. We did. The early access um, Player Unknown's Battleground. Hmm. It's on Steam. Dealing with mostly, uh, I'm going to say, 10 to 14-year-old boys who have- it's kind of interesting, right? Because we, we had heard that... So, this game has voice chat, and it's a game where you're dropped on an island with 100 other people, and the last person standing wins. But you can only hear other, what other people say through their microphone if they're close to you. Yes. And since everybody starts in the same area, people just use it to just shout the worst crap they can think of. Yeah, yeah. And so, the other night, I had a young kid who was obviously, I don't know, 10 to... 12 maybe yeah but he mentally hadn't moved on to that point where he was trying to think of the worst thing that was possible he was just (laughs) he was just shouting swear words because that's all he had to him that's as far as he'd gone in his journey and he hadn't moved on to how do i say something that's worse than this how do i say something that's going to intellectually cut someone down yeah he's just shouting swear words yeah so, uh, Player Unknown is a game. It's kind of, I think there have been similar mods done to Armor, mm. where it's 100 players maximum, I think, and you're all inside a plane at the start of the game and you're flying over a body of land and you jump out of the plane with a parachute, you dive down to, you know, you, you aim it somewhere on the ground. Mm-hmm. The aim is to get down to as low as you can or get down to the ground first. And at this point, you don't have anything. You've got clothes and sometimes you don't have clothes depending on the, mm-hmm. the model, uh, and you have to find <laughs> everything on the ground. So, you know, I always aim for a house. I go into a house and I try to look for armor, weapons, ammo, just anything, a backpack, because mm. right at the start you can't carry very many things. And it's a survival until the last. there's the last person standing. The last person standing wins a chicken dinner. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. I hadn't known what people won yet. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Mm. It's really engaging, tense game that I didn't really expect it to be because I'm not super a fan of deathmatch-style games. Um, I quite like Titanfall recently, but not traditionally haven't played them. But this is a lot more slow-paced, I guess. It's There's yeah. a lot more tension, and the tension only ramps up the longer you have been in the game. So I've landed, and I've gotten to houses, and I've found a T-shirt and some ammo but no guns, and I'm like, oh, shit, 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 shit. I have to go to another house. So I've run to another house and found a helmet and, like, maybe a pistol. I'm like, well, this isn't going to do it all. And mm. you can either find a really good weapon straight off. I actually went into a house yesterday and found three shotguns. So I was like, okay, I've got, <laughs> I've got my choice of three shotguns. <laughs> I was happy then. And, yeah, it's just the aim of the game is to survive and to be the last person. And what happens is the map slowly shrinks so that there's a circle on the map and it says uh, you've got two minutes to get to the designated Mm. area and then there's a blue line and the blue line will shrink down and meet the little white line designated area where you have to be and then it kind of starts over again and the map just gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and those who are left outside die and have to go away 
and those are in have to battle for their lives. And occasionally they just bomb areas of the map. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been in one of the- I was trying to figure out, do you get bombed if you're inside a building? Uh, I'm not sure. I've never been bombed. I have been inside a building when there has been a little red mark to say you are about to be bombed. And I'm like, shit. So I just ran outside the house, just outside yeah, the too. area and hid until it was time. How are you going in the game? Uh, I've made it into top 15, mm-hmm. um, mostly by finding an area and uh, or finding a building that only has one door and very few windows and just pointing a shotgun at the door and saying- Let's see how this goes. Yeah, I did the um, same that thing. That was a building where I had to run out because it was being bombed, yep. and, but it was close to the center of the circle. So after I, that, I just ran back in. I just went and laid down oh. <laughs> in some trees. Yeah. Um, I did the same thing. I got to top 10 using that strategy, and it was just- mm. It was a house, and the front door lined up perfectly with the staircase. So I sat on the staircase with my shotgun pointed at the front door, and I killed six people who were just minding their own business coming through the front door. <laughs> and a shotgun blast at that close range does some pretty good damage. And then I would just collect all the stuff that they dropped and have more ammo and more guns and more armor and then do it all again. And I ended up dying because one of the final circles was just outside my house. So I had to get out of my house and I was running to the other area and I got pegged in the back. All right. So a body's persistent in that game? No, they vanish. Do they stick around? See, the they should be persistent. stay, though. So, if you see a crate, that's where a body has been. Right. Because if I saw a building with six people in a pile at the front of the front door, yeah. I'm not going anywhere near that front door. Yeah. I made a conscious effort to stay well enough that they had to walk just into the house so that when mm. I shot them, they would fall inside the house and their crate would fall inside the house. And then I would just walk to the front door, close the front door again, and just wait. Because the doors don't actually automatically close in that game. So, all the doors in, of houses are shut right at the very start. So, yes. if you show up to a house and there's a door open, panic sets in because you don't know whether the person in there has been in there for 30 minutes or you don't know if they've only just run in there. So, that there's a lot of tension going into a house that the door has already opened. So, I tend to mm. like closing the doors behind me. Yeah. I usually avoid houses where the doors open. Okay. And I've had instances where I walked into a house at the start of the game and the only uh, weapon is a sickle. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so it begins then. Yeah, it's like, this has just become a melee game. <laughs> yes. I saw someone get punched to death the other day as well. Oh, really? I tried to jump out of the plane early, actually. Uh, and, it, you know, it usually works, but this time a whole bunch of people jumped out with me and I'm thinking, watching them come down, I'm thinking, shit, there's only a few buildings yep. here. So I steered myself towards a like a garden shed and there was a sickle in there and it's like, right, okay. <laughs> We're going gardening. That's how this goes then, is it? <laughs> I tend to aim for roughly the middle of the map and just choose a house there mm. and try to get see, out of the plane as soon as I can. I see two possible strategies. There's jump in the middle and try and control the middle. Yep. Or there is stay on the outskirts and hope that everybody's moving towards the middle and when it comes, when that blue line reaches you and says you got to move- you move at the last possible minute. Yeah. That blue line's pretty quick, and- though. I've been running to the designated area, and that blue line has beaten me and passed me. So, you can't run oh, faster okay. than the line. What uh, happens if it passes? You just die straight away? Um, I actually don't know, because the blue line passed me, and then somebody ran over me with a car. So, I'm, <laughs> I'm yet to know exactly what happened. So, I got doubly killed. Right. So My wife's interested in playing this too, so oh, yeah. maybe we can form a three-player team. You can form groups in there, and I think you are matched with other groups in this game. Mm. Last night, I got to the final three. It got down to this really tiny area, and I was in a house just outside the area again, 
So I had to run and I had to cross a, ro- a road and it was actually raining. It was the first time that I'd seen weather effects in the game. Oh, okay. And there were six people and that six slowly got whittled down and I was kind of hiding next to a giant boulder and I was just crouched prone just to try and cover myself a little bit. And it got down to me. There was a guy in a Jeep who was doing circle work around the area, just waiting for somebody to pop out so we could run them down. So I was keeping an eye on that guy. And he stopped to get out of his car. So I got up and started to edge towards him. And then somebody pegged me in the back again. So I, mm. I, I managed to not even win that one. I was so close. I thought I had that guy, but didn't. It's a very tense game. I, I'm shaking by the end of it. And I just needed to yeah. go and have a lie down because it gets pretty damn tense. It reminds me a lot of day, the original DayZ mod in that respect. Yeah. It does feel like um, a DayZ yeah, or, a, or, an, or yeah. an armor game where it's got the same feel and the same crouching and prone stances. and mm. All it needs is being able to arrest people and send them to a jail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's still an early access, so they can do a whole lot more. I'd love to see a nighttime yep. version and even more weather effects and potentially another, like more islands and things. Yeah. Maybe even a randomized island or something like that. Yeah. Because, you know, um, often it gets you just kind of aim for the same houses and the same roads. Do you think there'll be microtransactions? I can see from in, when I play the game, it, it's asking me if I want to put in codes to get in-game money to purchase cosmetic items and things like that. I think they'll have in-game purchases, but I think they'll be, I would hope they would be just cosmetic. So you can, you know, buy yourself a cowboy hat or you can buy yourself mm. just some crazy shit, which I don't mind. Right. You know, you you could go down the road of getting some camo that might help you hide, or you can get some pink pants and or a hat with two beers on it's it or a something. Stand out, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that, yeah. yeah that, um, I've been doing that. Uh, I played Mario Kart online. Oh yeah, you finally uh, got online. How'd it go? Yeah, that's brutal. That game. <laughs> yeah, uh, I usually come tenth to twelfth. I've been playing a bit on both the pro controller and handheld because I hadn't been playing too much of it handheld. And um, I struggle a little bit with the Joy-Cons. Just the analog stick of the Joy-Cons doesn't feel as good as the pro controller. Okay. Well, maybe I have to splash out for a pro controller. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe. Oh, on the Switch. I finally got, after all these weeks, I finally got a case for my Switch. Oh, well done. They're finally back in stock, the official Nintendo cases. Which was good. Do we think we're calling this console a success at this point, or is it still too early to tell? Um, I, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's kind of a little bit too early to tell, but, I mean, they've sold maybe three million of them worldwide, mm. three and a bit million worldwide, which is a pretty fair effort. Yeah. But, I mean, by the same token, um, PlayerUnknown's Battleground has sold over two million copies, so who knows? Mm. And that's just some weird-ass early access game yeah, I know. on PC. <laughs> well, actually, it's not that weird. It's like It's kind of like- the commercial version of a weird armor mod. Mm. Like, if you look at things like Eltus Life, like, the well, last time I played Eltus Life, I managed to pick enough apples to afford a quad bike. Um, so I that's bought a quad I bike. That's how I pay for my quad bikes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I picked apples and sold them, and I could afford a quad bike. Yeah. Um, so I decided I would drive out to this place and try to deliver uh, a package to somebody because the game has in game package deliveries. So while I was driving along, I just hear bang and my quad bike stops. And all these guys who are players come out from behind <laughs> buildings and they're just yelling at me to get on the ground. And I'm yelling, I don't know the key to get on the ground. <laughs> I don't speak your language. <laughs> what what so do you mean So they tell key? me the key to get on the ground. So I get on the ground and they handcuff me and they ransack my quad bike, which, which has like three or four apples in it. <laughs> At which point they say, we are so sorry, and they fix my quad bike because they broke it when they blew it up. 
Uh, and uh, <laughs> so then they said, look, you, you've got 30 seconds to get out of here. So, they're kind thieves, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, that was probably one of the more interesting interactions I had in weird-ass armor mods. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, back on the Switch, I think I would call it a success. I mean, they can't make them fast enough. They released another batch of Switches for the Mario Kart release, and I think they're potentially pretty close to being sold out of those as well. So, yeah. You know, well, I'm wondering if it's only the US that's having supply issues. Like, Australia, it seems to be okay. You can get a Switch as long as you're okay with the grey one. Yeah, which I was. Uh, that's the one I wanted. Yeah, but I haven't sort of, I'm not sure if it's sold out or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. But it, it seems to be completely sold out in the US. Yeah, but I mean, I would consider it a pretty good console, a pretty successful console that people are interested in. Mm. Did you see that they're making yellow Joy-Cons you can buy, some fluorescent yellow wow. ones for when ARMS comes out? Yeah, I'm just not sure how wanted. I feel about ARMS. <laughs> Want ARMS I got, or yellow Joy-Cons? I got well into uh, time trials because I figured out power sliding and now I just power slide everywhere. Oh, time trials in and Mario Kart. So, yeah. And so I'm just trying to figure, like, I sit there and I look at the, I play through the map and then I figure out if I can do one of those really awesome power slides where you just power slide around a uh, hairpin turn. Yep. And you just hold it down for, like, you know, 20 seconds or something. Yeah, You're just yeah, sliding yeah. around and you around get up to and your around. pink sparks. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been trying to upload ghosts when I can. So, if you've seen my ghosts, they're kind of floating around. But yeah. I'm just working my way through all the tracks because there's a lot of them. Yeah, I haven't done any of the time trials yet. I've been doing the Grand Prix and I've got stars on all of them in 150 cc's. And I've just, no, 100 cc's. And I'm just working my way up to 150 cc's. I tried to go straight for yeah. 200 cc's and it was a bit fast. Apparently, the 200 right. cc level was part of the DLC from the Wii game. It actually wasn't in the original game. Oh, okay. And they added it in. And it says in there, you definitely need to use brakes in this one, which is against my rules, really. I just flat out go around <laughs> yeah. the tracks and slide. That's um, not really working on that level. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been done. I found an interesting video where they took the Mad Max Fury Road trailer and turned it into Mario Kart <laughs> because that's exactly what playing Mario Kart online feels oh, like. Oh, yeah. It's good if you're in the front almost and it's good if you're in the back, but if you're in the middle... You just get pelted with everything, red shells, mm. people with stars, the little chompy things. You go quickly from second to 12th. Yeah. And then you just hope yeah, that you're no. going to be the one who gets something good to get you up closer. Yeah. So, yeah. so, other than that, I played a little bit of Sniper Elite 3, which is a it's an older game, but it was on sale because Sniper Elite 4 just came out. This seems to be the thing with Sniper Elite is that I buy- the last to most recent version because yeah, it's yeah. on sale when the new one comes out. Yep. And so you, you just kind of, it's like, it's almost like Thief, but if you just had a sniper rifle <laughs> or oh, like okay. a splinter cell, if you had a sniper rifle. Just sneaking around. Um, yeah. Like you've got objectives and you sneak around and you can still sort of like melee people and distract them and things like that. Yep. You've got a regular gun for when things go bad, but it's <laughs> all about the sniping in that it sort of models bullet drop and stuff like that. Yep. And for a while, it just had a Mortal Kombat style kill cam where it just sort of like goes into super slow mo bullet perspective, goes into the person's body in X ray mode. Oh and yeah, yeah. Um, shows all of the destruction that you do. Yeah, I found that a little bit harsh in Mortal Kombat X. It was yeah. just a little bit. It, it went on a little bit too long. Yeah. So I turned this off after three of them right. because you didn't want to see it was just hu- your bullet well, no, was just penetrating somebody's hu- testicles and shattering no. their pelvis. Yeah, it's just hugely distracting to the game because I'm shooting that gun a lot and I don't have to stop playing for 20 <laughs> seconds every time to watch someone get shot. It's well, like, I'm I'm the one doing the shooting. I'm pretty sure I know what's going to happen to them. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you don't want to watch the um, the bullet in slow motion mm. pierce the arteries and shatter some ribs and exit the other side of their body. Yeah. 
So other than that, uh, just today, like every couple of months, Dave, I get the itch. Oh, yeah. I get an itch too. Um, <laughs> yeah, what's your itch for? I don't know, but I'm solving it right now with the drink of whiskey, so you keep going. I'll just um, dull my itch. I get the Elite Dangerous itch mm. where um, I just want to um, get a ship together, make it jump as far as possible and just head out and see what's out there. It's just the unknown of space that draws you. Yep. I'm trying to find because, like, the, the one way you can make money in the game is just to explore and different types of planets based on their usefulness Usefulness are yep. worth different types of uh, amounts. And the biggest and best ones are Earth-like water planets. Um, because they have quite the most resources. Rare. Yeah. And so I'm trying to figure out, because it's all based on science, apparently. Elite generates its universe based on what we know about the solar system. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to figure out, do I look for a system that has a sun similar to ours, or do I look at other systems that have Earth-like planets and look for that? But, I've, you know, I haven't had much luck. Actually, I don't think I've even seen a water-based planet, which is still worth a lot of money, but not as much as one that can support life yeah, sort of yeah. outside of the, and is it what like they refer to as that, the that bubble. particular planet has to be the certain distance from the sun where it's hospitable for people to live mm-hmm. on and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And so I started out scanning Class G stars or visiting them, but some people have pointed out, hey, like red supergiants can probably do the same thing as long as the planet's a little bit closer. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, so I've got a chart of each type of planet and what they're worth. Is this a hand-drawn <laughs> chart you've drawn up and put up on your wall? No, I stole it off the internet. Someone oh, okay. else did it. Um, and I came across one the, the other day, and I, I was trying to match it to something on the chart, and it's like I can't really tell what this is. So I targeted it. It's like six light years from the sun, which is a very short distance. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're not really going to be worth much money. I doubt I could even land my ship on you without overheating terribly. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you are well close to this sun. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, I got an hour in before this podcast where I just went and jumped towards the Colsac Nebula and I spent some time in there scanning some stuff and now I'm going to try to figure out where else I want to go. So how's the alien thing panned out in the least dangerous? Uh, I don't know. I haven't been keeping up with it. I know okay. that they recently patched the game and added in like a character creator where you could set what your appearance is. Yep. Um, so you're not just a ship floating in space anymore. And that's, I guess, kind of moving towards... Being able to get out of your ship or move around. Getting onto a space station, going to a cantina, finding yourself a the latest one, or the next patch, I believe, is going to be, the next big one, is going to be multi-crew ships. So you buy a big ship and all of your friends pile in. Hey, we should do a video on that. Yeah, we would need need a bunch of copies of Elite Dangerous. I'm not sure what the value is on that, though, because I can do pretty much everything with my ship just by myself, so... They would have to add some stuff into the game that would make it worthwhile. Maybe you just want a partner. Maybe you just want to be yeah. two people. Maybe mm. it's like a clan and you've got little ships that go on the bigger ship. Yeah. I know that you could probably do something like um, have someone on board and when you land on a planet, you get this little rover called a scarab. You could probably drop someone down in the scarab and then follow them around. Yeah. Because like part, the most boring part for me has been dropping down to a planet, finding a signal, like a, a resource that I need to tag, and then driving all the way there and then driving all the way back to my ship. Yeah, yeah. There was one, one time where I drove far enough away that I lost radar contact with my ship and I'm on a planet in a vehicle with limited fuel. <laughs> I have no idea where my ship is. But I found out that there's this button you can press where your ship comes to you and it's the most freaking majestic thing I've ever seen is like, just over the hill, this huge ship just rises up and yeah. just, like, autopilots towards you. is amazing. Cresting over the horizon. Yep. It's not until you get out in the scarab that you realise that, hey, these things are flying are actually quite big. <laughs> That's good. Have you got your HOTAS set up? 
I have got my hotel set up. It's sitting next to me right now. Does it work in Elite Dangerous? Is that what you use for flying um, around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I bought this for Elite Dangerous. Oh, okay. um, I would buy a VR headset as well if they weren't so damn expensive. Can you use your DK2 Oculus with it? I only have a DK1, so oh, no. Oh, okay. Oh. Get yourself a track IR and a cap. Oh, I've thought about it set up so some, much. Just set up some reflectors and stick them on your forehead. You don't even need a cap. I actually made my own track IR. Um, oh, right, okay. But it ha- it didn't work that well. Probably, uh, probably because of my soldering uh, skills, I would say. Yeah, your soldering skills are all right. You've made some stuff before. I have, but they're not fantastic. Yeah. It was it was a time where we where we had a rice cooker, and the cheap rice cookers. What goes uh, wrong with them most often is they the thermal fuse in them goes, mm. and so it's easy to replace. But you just kind of have to peel back some shielding, and then clip off the old thermal fuse and recrimp on another one, and Thermal shielding over the top. And when I was done, I looked at the job that I did. I thought to myself, <laughs> would I be happy with my loved ones using this electrical appliance that I have fixed? And so considering you- it's like a, it was a $10 rice cooker from Kmart, I went, nah, let's just get a better one. Throw it out and buy a new one. Yep. It's like, nope, that soldering iron didn't work. Yeah. I have no desire to electrocute my family. Yeah. Well, at least you made the right choice, maybe. Yep. So last but not least, Strafe yeah. comes out. On Monday, we've been playing it. Um, yeah, um, you, I think we should, by the time this podcast up, we should be out of embargo, so you should be able to talk freely about it. Yeah, well, I can talk freely about it. I, we just can't post videos on the internet. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's not a bad game. Uh, I struggled at the start until I picked a gun from the starting lineup that I liked, which is the railgun. Yep. And it turns out that makes terribly boring videos to watch. So give us an overview I- before you go into too deep about what Strafe is. So Strafe is a roguelike first-person shooter where you move through 12 levels, three sets of four. Yep. And it behaves a lot like Spelunky in that once you die, there's no save game. You go back to the start and it randomizes everything and off you go again. Mm. So that's kind of um, like the roguelike element of it. And it's it kind of yeah. plays a bit like a, a 90s shooter. Yeah, it's it's got that sort of 90s affectation to it where like there's a, a tutorial with a, a, a woman who's dressed... Sort of somewhat suggestively. Suggestively for the sort of, 80s. Yeah, and uh, she's giving you your orientation for being a scrapper. That's the story, is that you're a scrapper and you're going to be boarding these ships and scrapping what you can and getting money for it. There's a bunch of weird Easter eggs in there for other indie games. I've managed to find myself playing a Luftrausers-themed version of Wolfenstein at one stage. Oh, funny. That'd be really fun, actually. I've got Luftrausers, but... um. Mm. Uh, the music's great. Luftrausers yeah, or, yeah. or Strafe? Uh, Luftrausers. Yeah, no, I, I've got it as well and I, I really like it. I've considered doing a couple of videos, but I think mm-hmm. I had uh, OBS had trouble capturing that one. Oh, okay. So when you get to the end of a set of levels, uh, there's a teleporter there and by sort of slowly bringing pieces to build it, you can then start three levels ahead of the starting level oh, in right. the same way that you can unlock shortcuts in Spelunky. So yeah, they definitely yeah. seem to have been cribbing the Spelunky book yep. on this one. At the start, I was kind of not sure, but then through playing enough of it for review, I um, I figured out what they were doing and went, oh, yeah, I don't mind this. So after we finished our marathon day yesterday, putting the review together, yep. I went and played more Strafe. Oh, good. Well, that's good. There you go. At least it's got some staying power there. Yeah, it's not bad at all. It's fun. Um, you should get your wife onto it and see if she can put her Spelunky skills to use in a first-person really shooter. She's not really a big first-person shooter person. Oh, right. Okay. It's a pretty I've, fast I've game, often- too. 
Yeah, I've offered her Borderlands a couple of times to go through in co-op, but she said no. Well, that's not even the bad Borderlands games. <laughs> I think the embargo's 11 o'clock Monday, so after that we should yep. have a review up. Yeah, we should. We've also got another video up as well, talking just yep. our first looks at the game. Yeah. Looks fun. I think yeah, I it's pick not it up. bad. There's not any sort of multiplayer either. There's like uh, our horde mode and coming after releases like a speed run and a daily challenge. Yeah, I was going to say it seems to be the type of game that would go pretty well with a daily challenge mode where yeah. you can compete with your friends that way rather than having to build a whole multiplayer element to it. Yeah, well, that's pretty much all I've been playing this week. Cool. Well, I haven't been playing that much else, basically. Some Mario Kart and some Player Unknown's Battlegrounds and just stressing out in Player Unknown's Battlegrounds and... <laughs> being all shaky and just oh, I'm gonna go have a lie down. <laughs> but yeah, my my. I can't best. remember what game it was where I used to get that. Yeah. Oh, Hitman. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it used to be. Yeah. I haven't heard anything recently about season two of Hitman. No, there was a patch the other day, but I didn't look at what it did. There was a, another elusive target the other day as well. Oh, okay. I also kind of fell off the elusive target bandwagon. Mm. Um, it's been a while. Mostly I mean. because I wanted to record them for the site, but my CPU isn't strong enough. So Yeah, yeah. I think I recorded one and then I've just been too busy with other good things. I think if mm. there hadn't been so many other great games out this year, I, I think Hitman would have stuck around a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely buying season two, though. Oh, yeah. It's a great game. Mm. Hopefully they can add something to it without breaking it to make it even better. Yeah. Uh, but that's pretty much all I've been playing. Player Unknown's Battleground, which I've my top score has been number three, which I was very stressed about. Uh, so let's <laughs> move on to some news. Um, yep. Darksiders 3 was this week uh, leaked by Amazon. Yeah. They posted some box art. But then um, later in the week, it was officially announced by THQ Who's Nordic. Who's actually doing that? THQ Nordic. So THQ went- Oh, Darksiders. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you said Darkstalkers. Oh, did I? No, I'm pretty sure I said Darksiders. No, you said Darksiders. I was just an idiot. You were just hoping. What if we saw Morrigan inside Darksiders? Yeah. They're the same sprite. Stu's in the same sprite. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Nordic have done a really kind of clever thing. I think they've kind of whacked THQ in front of the name because they bought a lot of the properties and mm. I think they bought the THQ name. So yeah. because THQ published Darksiders originally- They're bringing out the new one, and I'm thinking at some point maybe Nordic might go away and they might just become THQ again. Right. (laughs) It's funny how that works. But um, it's a completely different team, though. I don't- yeah. Was THQ a big enough name to justify sort of um, trying to become THQ? I think they had a lot of games. Like, they were publishing um, Saints Row, and Mm. so they did have a, a pretty big library. And if you can bring a lot of those back, I think the THQ name might still be something that you look like. I sometimes look at THQ games and go, oh, yeah, I wonder what THQ... Oh, that's right. They're no longer in business. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that old thing. So, yeah, Darksiders was leaked and then it was officially announced. I have to think that maybe they just pushed their official announcement out earlier. Maybe it was a, they were trying mm. to hold it off for an E3 type thing, but they figured that because it was already teased that they have officially announced it, so that'll be good. I didn't kind of play too much of Darksiders 2. I played through all the way through Darksiders 1, yep. and, but not that much Darksiders 2. I should really go back to play that a little bit before this one comes out. Yeah, I don't actually even own 2. It was a different feeling game. I always see it for super cheap on throughout tables on the uh, Xbox 360 and PS3. You can buy it for yeah, like 10 yep. bucks now and probably get it pretty cheaply on Steam as well. Oh, cool. Uh, then next we have uh, Chet Falzek. Falzek? Uh, he's- Falzek. Falzek. Uh, he's leaving Valve, which is interesting. 
Reggie Filzame. 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 Yeah, check Valzek. He's leaving Valve. If you don't know who he was, he is one half of the original Old Man Murray team who joined Valve. Mm. And he's um, been writing The other being Eric Walpole. Yeah, who actually also left recently as well. Mm. So To join Double Fine of all things. Oh, really? So there's yeah, no chance Yeah, because Eric of- Walpole was at Double Fine. He wrote on the original Psychonauts and then he left to right. join Valve and then came has obviously come back to write on Psychonauts too. Okay. So no chance of Old Man Murray returning? With the two of them now, I think those back. two guys will probably want to do something new rather than revisit Old Man Murray. True, maybe we could see a Kickstarter soon about yeah. relaunching Old Man Murray. It was kind of one of the first humor game review sites around. Mm. They did a lot of the groundbreaking work there, and I think um, Gabe Newell um, originally said that because of their criticisms of first-person games, it really influenced them on how they made Half-Life Two. So. Well. It can't have been too much because literally the first thing you see when you get off the train is a crate. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Um, have to have crates. Yeah. Old Man Murray, I kind of compartmentalise into the time in my life when I was big into the Something Awful forums. Yeah. Yeah. There was a really interesting article on that the other day where they talked to Lotax and some of the writers and Mm. sort of how it's kind of risen and fallen. Yep. And Lotax says the (laughs) the reason why everything is bad today is because everybody is out there trying to give the consuming public what they want. Yep. He says, I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to give them what I want. Yeah. He's just trying to amuse himself. Yeah. <laughs> and look, and some- so that's a really good way of going about it. Yeah. And look, some of the best art and some of the best groundbreaking things haven't come because it's like, oh, do you wonder if these people will like this? It's like, I really like this and I think this needs to exist. And then other people see that and appreciate it and think yep. the same way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so there you go. Um, Chet Falzak is no longer at Valve. Um, yeah. But that's, you know, they've kind of gone away from making story-based games for a while, so I'm no, not sure. it's all Dota all the time. Yeah, Dota and what's the other one they released? Team Fortress. Yeah. It's hats. It's um, all about the hats. All right. And then we've got AFL who want to, uh, was announced this week that the AFL want to enter the esports business. They think yeah. that there's some money behind that and they own Etihad Stadium. So um, they're thinking that, you know, they can cram a bunch of people into Eddie Had Stadium and run some esports. Mm. Um, yeah, which is, it's it's interesting. I think the, you know, the AFL are trying to find a new audience. And um, there's talk in this article about whether the AFL, uh, each of the teams might form their own esports teams. And they probably wouldn't be football related, but just kind of sports related. I think they're going to yeah. probably use it as a way to encourage younger kids back into football or back into, you know, competitive sports. But I think they just see money being thrown around and they think, I like money. I have people yeah. who uh, we report to that like money. Maybe we should get into that. We've got a stadium. Not sure I trust the AFL. No. Like the way that they run the AFL. Yeah. <laughs> sort of, you know, I'm not really a big sports person, so it's difficult for me to sort of criticize them. But I just don't think they would have the best interests of the fledgling esports scene at heart. No, absolutely not. And, you know, from the esports side, and this is my opinion, and it's always been my opinion of esports, I think esports should distance itself as far as it can away from actual sports because it's not a physical team sport. I'm so sick of seeing esport photos of esport teams and they're all got their arms crossed like they're footballers and they're back-to-back and they're wearing their, you know, spandex tops that wick sweat away with the team-sponsored logos. It's like, 
you don't need to wear those. You don't see chess people wearing those. You know, you basically no. find your own niche. Yeah, sure, call it eSport or sure, call it competitive gaming or whatever. But, you know, you don't have to dress like a sports person. You're not a sports person. Make it something else. There's a reason why people don't like sports and don't just go down that road. Uh, yeah. There's my soapbox. Yep. So, yeah, look for the AFL trying to get some of your eSports money. Yes, they're apparently not the only ones. Oh, no. Who else is looking at some eSports cash? Probably the WWE. <laughs> yeah, so WWE are teaming up with Rocket League, but we kind of don't know what it's for yet. I mm. originally thought it was uh, going to be a WWE Crush Hour car pack because, you know, someone needs Stone Cold Steve Austin's um, monster truck and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, I'm not sure whether it's going to be more than that. It seems to be more than that. I think it's... So is it to promote backlash or payback it seems to be one of their pay-per-views uh the rocket league tweet included or retweeted uh or sent a link for uh the backlash event so okay don't know it's what's gonna happen may 21st okay well that's not that far away two cars wrestling each other in the ring (laughs) okay um because there have been a lot of cars in wwe history there's been um stone cold steve austin's beer truck there's been Mm. kurt angle's milk van that's where I was going to straight after. Yeah, right. Uh, there's The Undertaker's motorcycle. There's Eddie Guerrero's lowriders. There's been a bunch of limos that have been smashed up. There's a, there's ambulances. I'm sure The Undertaker has had a hearse at some point. Yeah. Um, there's been a monster truck. I think Stone Cold Steve Austin did have a monster truck. And actually, I think Hulk Hogan had a monster truck and The Giant had a monster truck as well. Right. Um, there you go. So plenty of, plenty of fertile ground there. Yeah. I played a bit of Rocket League. Uh, it's a free weekend this weekend, and I just I loaded it up to see if I would get into it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, kind of. Maybe not enough to actually spend money on it. I think it's one of those games you have to spend a lot of time to get really good at. Yeah. My son's quite good at it. Way better than I am. Somebody in the Rocket League WWE tweet has posted a picture or an animated gif of Broken Matt Hardy saying, wonderful. <laughs> they would probably have a fire truck with a giant ladder on the top of it that, that Jeff Hardy yeah. could jump off the top. <laughs> Um, Fair enough. All right. Uh, let's go on to the next little bit of news, which is mm. um, something about Steam. Steam gift changes. Yeah, you were talking to me about this during the week. Do you want to take this one? Yeah, they're, they're making it so that, say that you live in a country that has cheap games and I live in Australia, a country that doesn't have cheap games. I live in Australia. Uh, if, I have expensive games. Don't. Do you have cheap games where you live? Yeah, let's say that I do. Can you send me one of your cheap games and I'll pay the cheap mm. price? Not anymore. What? Um, not if the price difference is more than 10%. But it is. And money doesn't mean anything because it's all no. on the same digital server. How come you cannot send me the game? Because Valve said so. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Gabe Newell 316. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're sort of just further restricting what you can and can't do as far as trading games around on Steam goes. Trying to circumvent the system between Australia yeah. and the US or the UK and the US or wherever the cheap games are at. Yeah. And and it's actually even worse than that because, one, we don't have the Australian dollar on Steam yet, so we have to buy in US dollars. Yes. And they tend to price our games at the same price as Australia, but in USD. So Prey at the moment is $79 USD on Steam, which is $106 Australian. Yeah, yeah. At JB Hi-Fi, when it was released, it was $59 Australian. So you pay $50 more having to buy it through Steam. I've actually started to notice that even the Steam sales aren't, they don't feel that cheap anymore. 
No, not anymore. Even something that's 50% off, you're still paying $25 for a game that's been yeah. out for a few years. I found myself buying less and less stuff on Steam, and it's got to the point where I tend to buy things on Green Man Gaming, which is a little bit cheaper than Steam. Yep. Usually they're ten, about 10%. Do they give you keys so they're, for they're, Steam, or do you have to download them separately? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. They're a partner for 2K and people like that, so they're above board as far as I can tell. Or I hang around on the Game Deals subreddit. Yep. Where they only post vendors who are sort of on the up and up. Mm. So Humble Bundle and Green Man Gaming. And I've started to buy things from good old games okay. uh, as well now that they have their own client. Yeah, yeah. Like when Steam first came out, I just said, why can't everything be on Steam? I don't want to download Origin. Go away. Yep. But now I kind of think they need to be badgered by somebody else. Oh, because- yeah, absolutely. Because if everything's on Steam, then they can pull something like this and go, nope, mm. that game you can get for $50 locally, it's $100. And yes. you've got no recourse. Yeah. Competition's that's, good, everyone. Um, Consumerism and competition. That's how it works. Yeah. So, yeah, that's sort of a, a bit of a shift in my um, thinking about Yeah, yeah. how I purchase games. I've been buying a lot of PlayStation games recently. Just and that's I haven't actually bought a Steam game in a while. I think Player Unknown's Battleground was the first one I've bought in quite a while. Mm. And I've just been watching the PlayStation store sales. And they seem to have pretty good sales once every, oh, really? once every fortnight. You know, a lot of games yeah, I'm, being I'm 50 to 70% off. And- hoping I can get a PS4 soonish. I'll meet you at JB um, Hi-Fi tomorrow. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> but I'm trying to get some stuff out of the way for the house. We've got a guy coming to install a wire door on the front of the house. Yes. And I think we're going to look at a dishwasher. Oh, we've been looking at a dishwasher for ages. And then it just mm. gets too hard when we go, oh, but we have to install it. And that means we've got to move, lose some of the space where we store our cups. And then we've got to run some pipe here and... And then it becomes too mm. difficult and then we forget about it. It kind of goes in flows and then it, once a year we go back to the, ah, oh, let's just get a dishwasher and then it goes in cycles. I've already got all the pipes and everything in the space for it. So all I need to do is just do it. I've always said your pipe is ready. Money. My pipe is ready. It's loaded, um, ready for a dishwasher. It is. Humble Monthly Bundle came out uh, a couple of days ago. All right. So you're into, is this month three of your Humble Monthly month Bundle? Month three. Yep. And this month I didn't have any of the games on it. So oh, that's good. Like, I said to my wife, you're going to see that I've got a lot more games on Steam because my library shared with her. It's oh, okay. like, I didn't, I didn't go out and spend a lot of money. I just, the monthly bundle just dropped. Somebody just came uh, around to the house and they, they dropped off a pile of games and I've just plugged them into Steam. It's fine. Yes. It's all good. So the reason why we haven't been doing Midnight Game Club is because I have to chauffeur her to and from the train station for convention. So next week on Midnight Game Club, we might do a, a humble monthly bundle if everything is going well. Yeah. So, uh, what did so you get Dirt, this month? Dirt Rally. Dirt Rally and Inside were the two feature games, and I don't own either of those. Then the games are This Is The Police. That sounds like a great game. It's a good title. Um, Yeah, it's weird because it seems to be some kind of management game, but it's sort of really compellingly presented in kind of like... Did you you remember the game Another World? No. In DOSCO, it's kind of like um, there's no black outlines to everything. It's kind of like everything is made out of cut out pieces of paper oh wait maybe sort of yes all, yeah you know i'm you know um, that's yep another one i'm thinking of i'm looking at a screenshot and you play a police chief who's being forced out by the uh, mayor of the town and but you've got 180 days left in office and you have to make sure that everything stays on the up and up for the next 180 days and so you've got police you can trust and police you can't trust but they get tied and they yeah. have vices and things like that um, I haven't gotten too far into it. I've really only just played the quite lengthy intro sequence where you have to go through your retirement press conference and answer questions. 
Um, and for everyone down the bottom, there's just I don't care as one of the options. So, just, so you just slammed on that button the whole time. I don't care. I think I, I'm quitting. I think I said it once. Yeah, it was. It, it, yeah, it just looks like I had written it off as like this. Just looks like some crapware. But no, it looks interesting. Okay. Undertale, which everybody seems to love and I've never played. Yeah, so, I've heard a lot of good um, stuff about Undertale. That was the one in the list I saw. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I yeah. don't have that one. Uh, there's a game called Metrico Plus, which is a side-scrolling platformer where you <laughs> climb and jump around infographics, like bar charts and oh, things right, okay. like that. And Stop. so how you move through the world affects things. So if you're the trying to jump up a series- Yeah, just how you jump- You're trying to jump a series of bar charts- and the bars may get higher when you're moving to the right, but not if you're jumping. So you might run to the left a lot and not jump, but then run to the right and jump a lot. And then the bar doesn't go up very high, so you can jump on it and then jump to the next one. And Does it cause like the chart to change values? Yes. It, it'd actually be really good, and I'm not actually sure if this is what the game is. So if, if I'm saying that, that this is going to be really cool and giving you an example, and then that's what the game is actually about, just let me know. But if it was a game inside um, spreadsheets of Excel and you were jumping like that and you were changing the bar graphs, but then you were causing companies to go in and out of business because you were causing their bottom line <laughs> to go out of business. Oh, it's gone to it the red because someone jumped bit, on my chart. It seems a little bit trippy. It's like a bunch of data analysts drop some mushrooms and like there's like mountains of, and line graphs growing and falling in the background as you run around. Okay. And, yeah, cool. Yeah. It's a little bit out there. It's still weird and fun. Mm-hmm. The Turing test is kind of like a uh, cross between Portal and what was that one that um, the Talos principle. Yep. Where you're playing a person who's been woken up by a ship's AI and something's gone wrong on the moon of Europa where your ship is orbiting. Mm. Uh, and he's lost contact with the crew and he needs you to go down there and actually figure out what's going on. But there's a bunch of tests called Turing tests that the crew has set up that he needs your help to get through because he can't get through them because he can't solve them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, (laughs) the second I sort of found that the crew who had previously been here had specifically set these tests up to keep an AI out, I immediately thought, why am I helping this thing? But (laughs) (laughs) Don't think about um, those things. No. Uh, So just really ripping through the other ones because I haven't had a chance to play them. There's Ghana, Press Jump to Die Edition, Super Rude Bear Resurrection, A2BE, a science fiction narrative, uh, and that's it. The premiere game for next month is Stellaris, which I have, so I'm going to have to figure out what I do with my copy. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a copy of Stellaris. Would I like Stellaris? Is that the type of of game that I would like? It's kind of like a cross between Civilization 4 and uh, Europa University. Oh, I remember that. I remember us talking about that. Yes, maybe not. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe give it to Chris. Uh, He might already have it, actually. Okay. I went through and did a whole bunch of my humble bundle bundle games i uh, posted to our discord chat the other week because i already had copies of it so i was just letting people grab them oh yeah that was a while ago wasn't it yeah probably another week it could have been months who knows anyway Uh, chris does chris does already own stellaris and so does cameron so we have to figure out where this one goes okay maybe randall that might be an interesting (laughs) interesting proposition yeah all right rule this space empire randall uh what else we got um something about rogue trooper redux yeah so, uh, Rogue Trooper is a game that came out on the PS2 and the original Xbox and PC. Mm. Uh, it's based on a 2000 AD property. 
where you play the rogue trooper, uh, who is a GI or a genetic infantryman. Oh, uh, who's I been ge- genetically, yeah, this is a big hallmark of um, 2000 AD. Is it's just ripping on things. It's basically a thinly veiled satire of the Vietnam War. Right. Uh, but the idea is, is there are two sides: the Norths and the Southers. Mm. And I believe Rogue was in the Southers. And the idea is, is that they genetically modify these guys to fight on this planet because. Uh, the atmosphere is poisonous and their skin turns blue as a result. And so Rogue's entire so battalion or unit, uh, not really. Okay. You know, Rogue's entire battalion was killed and the comic book kind of um, follows his quest for revenge for this turncoat general who was responsible for sending his unit into this no-win situation. Yeah, but yeah. he's joined by his friends. Now, all the GIs have these little chips in their brain. So when his friends died, he took the chips out and he kind of carries them around and they kind of slot into his helmet and his gun and his uh, kit bag. So he's kind of, he can set his gun up and it will shoot at people by itself because it's sort of inhabited by the chip-based spirit of one of his friends and things like that. Okay. Yeah. So the thing is, is that they are doing a Redux version. They are remaking the game for modern systems. Oh, cool. And it, and it was a fun game when when I played it, so I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Me getting well deep into Rogue Trooper lore on the podcast. Yeah. Well, maybe we can talk a little bit more about that in the future when it actually comes out and we actually see yes. the fruits of their labor. There will definitely be a video on that when it comes out. All right. Well, that's it for news. So let's move on mm-hmm. to a little segment that we call Letting Off Steam. been building up a lot of steam you have yeah let's let some out let's let some out of the steam holes that you've got i think i may have had beans for dinner or something oh lucky i'm not in the same room (laughs) as you and that we're not podcasting through a medium that involves smell no so the first game i picked is called 911 operator i only noticed it because it was getting lots of sales on steam but it appears like There's, like, voice-acted phone calls in this game where you have to give the right advice to people (laughs) who are having the worst day of their life. And apparently some of it's quite, like, hard-hitting. A guy finds his daughter who's had a drug overdose and he keeps saying that she's cold. Oh, right, okay. But it also gives you complete control over, like, staffing decisions for the police force. Yeah. And things like that. So it's just kind of weird. Okay. Um, So the first review is from... um, Hightower, not the Police Academy Hightower, oh. I would imagine. I should make a Police Academy game. Yeah, negative review with 0.7 hours, and he says, 30 minutes in, I felt like I almost needed to call 911 for myself. I thought I was dying of boredom. Oh, okay, harsh. Mm. But maybe not. Um, so to give you a better idea of what the game actually is like, we have a positive review from Kurubo, who has 8.2 hours, and he says... I maintain a fully staffed police helicopter that I use to pull over speeders and write parking tickets in a timely fashion. I have a bicycle cop who I pay every day to ride around uselessly with his two dogs. I'm going to make him the first responder for the next gang fight that breaks out. Come to think of it, I just want to arm all my cops with dogs instead of guns. <laughs> well, this game so will let you do I'm, it. I'm interested now. Is this the type of game that just lets you do weird, like, just fuck around stuff? I don't know. It seems to be, well, from kind of what you're saying, it's, um, it seems to be trying to take itself seriously at least, but maybe it does mm. enable a fair amount of dickery. Yes. Right, so the next game I picked was Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2 because we had the May the 4th oh, recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
I remember this game. Um, yeah, so this was an interesting game because, like, Dark Forces came out and, mm. like, everyone had always said, oh, but we want Doom but with Star Wars. And this was actually Doom but with Star Wars. I and played it was that originally a- on my Mac, mm. on an Apple 6100. Yes. It was a kind of, I think, a little bit more of a hit than LucasArts was expecting. So yeah. when they came to the sequel, uh, which they wanted to feature Jedis, the game's actually called Jedi Knight, but they sort of tagged Dark Forces 2 on the end. Yep. And it was it was weird. It had FMV movies of actors in it that you played in the game. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I picked a positive review from Private Derek with 0.6 hours. There's a lot of people with a very small amount of time in this game. Since I don't have Windows 95 anymore, the game doesn't work, but I can still hear the audio, and it sure does sound like a good game. 10 out of 10 great Star Wars sound software. (laughs) So, yeah, I think it has a bit of problems running on on modern systems, and I don't think any effort's been made to um, improve that. Okay. I think you can get it working if you sort of work sort of hard enough. Yep. So now a negative review from Unidentified LaserCat. With 0.1 hours, which may be the least amount of time we've ever seen on Letting Off Steam. Yeah. Uh, and he I'm said, interested to see what the review is of the opening <laughs> scene where it says, this uses speed tree. <laughs> the opening five minutes of the game, yeah. apparently. He says, since it doesn't work, I wanted to write a bad review for this game. Steam said I had to play for at least five minutes to review it, so I went through five minutes of a crashing game to spread the word of this nonsense. Remember my sacrifice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that makes sense. There seems to be a rule out there, for Um, good or bad. Yeah. It was still a good game. I guess it's just a matter of getting the sort of community-supplied executables because, God forbid, a a major company fix their game to work on a modern operating system these days. It's interesting, though, that it's still available on Steam and you can still buy it Mm. without any particular warning. So, I mean, maybe it's good these people are out there giving it bad reviews because it needs it. Like, probably sounds like it needs some work. As long as you're running Windows 95, I guess. If Steam even still runs on Windows 95. I doubt it. Sure, you can um, find an old executable of it. Yeah. So for the next one, I picked Marvel Heroes 2016 since we're right in the middle of Guardians of the Galaxy coming out, and there and seems also to be a, fairly a sketch- version of Marvel Heroes that's being developed for consoles at the moment. Yeah, Marvel Heroes Omega, I think. Yeah. There's some looks to be some pretty sketchy Guardians of the Galaxy DLC for this game. So awesome. I picked a negative review from Eddie, just Eddie. Eddie. With, uh, yeah, with five hours in the game. And he says, if you want to live forever, play this game, because five hours on this feels like five years. Now, um, I find this interesting because this is one of those games where the person references the time played, but the time played in this case still matches the time played that he's actually played. So he hasn't played it after this. He's literally stopped at five hours. Well, it's a negative review. He doesn't like the game. Yeah, but there's he been stopped. bunches. There's been other negative reviews where it's like, this is the worst 20 hours of my life. And you look at how much time they spent playing it. It's like 38 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you obviously went back for another look. Yeah. There you um, go. I didn't think that game <laughs> felt like five years. It was it was an alright no, game? It was alright. Yeah. Just they went a bit hard on all of the different currencies and this and that and rewards for logging in and doing this and yeah. redeeming this and storing this in your inventory that you have to pay for. And I went through the whole game with Daredevil, who was one of the opening characters, and I never spent a, a dime or a, or a mm. dollar or a coin of a, a fifty a five cent. What would be the if you know the saying is that you wouldn't have spent a dime? But what's the Australian version of that? Wouldn't, wouldn't have spent, have spent five, five cents. cents on that. Maybe yeah. it just doesn't have the same ring. It's dime. I, um, Dime's got a good. I spent money on Gambit. That's it. Okay. Well, you, you know, knowing you, my favorite, that that's favorite what you Marvel would do. Yeah. Yeah. So now we've got a positive review from <laughs> Bat Meme Dank Knight. Okay. Let's just so this is, let's this just is, move on. I from think this. this just for you. This is going to be good. Thanks. Yep. Great. Um, 
he said. Well, that, wait a second. Wish- That's a lot of hours. I'm, I'm just sorry. This- <laughs> okay, you go. You go. I've written ahead. 1,261.4 hours. Very many hours. Uh, I wish DC did a game like this so that there can be an entire hub of Batmans running around saying, I'm Batman. <laughs> We're Batman. Yes, we are. We, we are, are all crude. Batman. Yes. Yeah, I didn't mind that game, but yeah. it's, it just really made my RSI flare up. Oh, it also, was a also- clicky game. They just were like, okay, so in Diablo, you click a lot, right? Well, let's make a game where you have to click more than that. Well, this was David... Oh, what was his name? He actually worked on Diablo 2, the guy who was responsible for this. Oh, right. That makes sense. So him and the guys who did Torchlight were the sort of the principals for Blizzard North. Yeah, right. Um, David Brevik, that's right. Okay. But we're going into letting off steam overtime now. Ooh, OT. Because I Extra have just time. noticed... Yep. In the Steam popular new releases. Yes. Porno Studio Tycoon. Amazing. Lay it on us. <laughs> what have you got? I couldn't find Describe any the game first. Reviews. Describe the game. Describe the game slow. <laughs> Describe the game. I don't know. There's a lot of videos. There's Hang ice on, cream. And I'll go like this. <laughs> <laughs> some condoms with like extra large written on them. And you can shoot movies. And there's a world map with like... <laughs> I don't know, casino tokens on it. There doesn't appear to be any nudity, although the tycoon in the title is made to look like boobs. So there you go. Great. Amazing. So the only review I'm going to read out is a positive review from uh, Alien Cat with 0.2 hours on record. Who yeah. says, how do I hide this game from my Steam profile? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can And that's can't. it for letting off Steam. Why not Studio Tycoon? Fourteen dollars fifty-seven US. If anyone wants yep. it, look at that. They have made the logo into boobs. <laughs> but I'm the surprised that they actually went well. with three boobs, though. Yeah, I know. That's like some Total Recall reference or something. Yeah, I don't know. All right. So yeah, I noticed that just before the podcast started. No, just like one of those what moments. Yeah, cool. And I was just going to read the tags. That um, because apparently you can add your own tag into it. It's got sexual content, simulation. I thought it said stimulation. Indie, nudity, management, economy, mature, psychological horror, <laughs> movies, female protagonist, and family friendly. <laughs> so someone's been adding their own tags into there. There you go. I just remembered something. I did a video for the Turing test that I haven't posted yet, mm-hmm. and it kind of made me think about the ways in which people put things in like movies and games for like artistic purposes, but they're not just how things work. So this robot AI in the Turing test, like you sort of wake up from cryosleep and it's looking at you and you see the aperture of the camera open and close. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of just done for effect, I guess, to make the robot seem more human, but that would just let less or more light in. It's not like it's focusing on you. No. Or anything like that. So there's really no reason for the robot to open and close the aperture, especially if it goes back to the same aperture it was before. Yeah, he's just letting more light in. He just wants to... Then I started to notice more things, like the fact that there were, like, fans. Like, you know those industrial fans you see that are kind of on a stand on the floor? Yeah, yep. They're scattered around the ship. Why does the ship need industrial fans? It doesn't have the air conditioning or climate control or something, so... That's all it's got. Yeah, this just... I don't know why Porno Tycoon <laughs> made me think of that, but... Who knows? I was trying to find a good negative review, but... There I, isn't any, I trust me. I haven't found any. It's just, just people saying, how do I play this with one hand? Whoa! Oh, this doesn't have a tutorial. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got extra bonus letting off steam this week. And mm. uh, we're going to move into fully informatic. Yeah. And this is a fully informatic, not something that happened on the podcast. 
but it actually happened during the week when I was yes. posting out the information of the podcast and then I incorrectly referred to the Disney Afternoon Collection as the Capcom Afternoon Collection, which got us thinking about what exactly a Capcom Afternoon Collection would entail. And yes. um, it's probably a lot of Street Fighter, maybe Street Fighter 2. Probably. Um, maybe Street Fighter It EX. would have to be Capcom properties that were converted to cartoons. So Street Fighter for the movie would definitely be in there. Yes. There was a comic book made of Street Fighter. I'm not sure if that mm. really, really counts. I know that there were some direct-to-video Dead Rising movies. <laughs> so right. maybe those. The, there was a... Was Devil May Cry Capcom? Yes. Felt like Capcom. There was a comic made of that, but there was I don't believe there was any TV series as... as Devil May Cry, sound, it sounds like there may have been an anime, doesn't there? Yeah. That's the type of thing that you would anime up, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, other places could have afternoon collections as well. Mm. I wrote a couple down and I regret the first two, but I'm jumping straight to WWE afternoon, right. connection. <laughs> afternoon well, collection. Well, originally, um, the first WWE, it was, it was WWF back then, the first yes. TV cartoon that I remember watching when I was young was Hulk Hogan's Rock and Roll Wrestling. And yes. it had uh, Wendy Richter and Hulk Hogan and Captain Lou Albano and the Junkyard Dog. And they went and did a whole bunch of stuff that I can't remember. Mm. And I think, uh, what else have they had? I think they've had something recently where- the, the- Yeah, they're doing Scooby-Doo with WWE yeah, characters. of course. Because, you, you know, know, John Cena's helping Scooby and the gang solve some crimes. Yeah. Well, I think at one point even The Undertaker was helping <laughs> Scooby Of course he King was. Solve some- I'm sure Vince was in there helping as well. Actually, I think he was. All right. <laughs> I saw a trailer for it. And it's like, what the hell is this? And I'm sure they've done some other but- things. Now, they said they had problems getting The Undertaker to record audio for wrestling games because- Oh, yeah, for the uh, Midway WWF WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. So, how do you get him to record Scooby-Doo then? I think- <laughs> Or have times changed as The Undertaker? I think maybe times have changed. He's a little bit older. Right. He's not just going to be the one who's um, not going to go on unless he's had a bottle of whiskey to drink. Right. And he could have mellowed a little bit by now. Although, weirdly, The Undertaker's never really done an interview- I think he's kept his mystique by never... Mm. Although I did see him doing like a Conan O'Brien type show. Like maybe it was uh, The Late Show with David Letterman or something. He was on that yep. many, many years mm. ago. I think it was in the 90s though when he, was, when he wasn't doing The Dead Man. Right. Anyway. There is actually a Devil May Cry anime. All right. That's in. That's in the Capcom afternoon collection. There you go. I uh, don't know what else, but you know. Do you make a fighting game that is like Capcom versus WWE? Oh, that'd be a great game. It's built for it. They've already got special moves. And mm. if you go back to that uh, Midway WWF WrestleMania game, that was kind of meant to look a little bit like um, Mortal Kombat. So I think The Undertaker actually had some projectile moves that he would shoot flames and stuff out of his hands and things. Right. So, you know, they've already tried. And there was that game on iOS, which was the WWE fighting game where they had Brock Lesnar as... You know, they kind of had like the regular Brock Lesnar, but then they also had Lumberjack Brock Lesnar and he had yep. a beard and he had an axe and stuff and they had the big show and he had a regular big show, but then he had this other version and it was a really bad fighting game. Hmm. Um, they had, what's the guy who said yes a lot? Oh, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. He was in it as well. Yep. And he had his yes version and then he had his evil no version as well. Hmm. All right. Well, there you go. Full informatic. Make sure you get the right words when you're tweeting to people about a podcast that you want to mm. announce. Yeah. Um, we're going to move on to the new segment, which is, is Grand Theft Auto Five still in Australia's top 10 selling games of the week, where we find out whether the long-time standing Grand Theft Auto Five 
which has been in Australia's top 10 games selling of the week for as long as I've been looking at them. Every week they email me out and every week I look and I don't care about any of the other games on there. I don't care any about any of the new releases, just whether Grand Theft Auto Five is still in that list. All right, Anthony. Yeah. Homemade drum rolls. Is Grand Theft Auto Five one of Australia's top selling games of the week? Week ending May 4th, 2017. You're damn right it is. Yes. All right, let's move on to emails. Mm, we should. It's a double email where um, it's about... Look, to be honest, it fits in fully informatic more than anything. This person's not emailing in to lord praise on us at all. Um, this person's emailing us in to correct some of the shit that we said that was mm, incorrect. Our very own fact checker. Yeah, we do. Uh, so here it is. Hi, guys. David has never been to Marysville. He has, however, been to Malawa. <laughs> I was there. Great cheese, Malawa. Not Marysville. Buy a map. Look out the window while I'm driving. While I'm nitpicking, Anthony, about a fortnight ago, you used the word emancipated to describe bodies that were found after being locked away for ages. I think emaciated is the word you were after. Love your work, guys. David's wife. I think it's emaciated, isn't it? Yes. What did I say? Emaciated? Emaciated is the right word. Right. She's just going to correct me See, I was right that. because what I was talking about was bodies that have been legally freed from uh, their parents and are their own body now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was wrong. It's fine. <laughs> all right. Don't do that. I have to live with it. Correction all the time. Let me be wrong. No, my wife does listen to the podcast and she does correct me on just should I say. And most of the time mm. I go, I, I can't remember saying any of that. I was just, <laughs> this word just came out of my mouth. And See, uh, that's, that's the funny thing about all of this is that we were fans of people who do stuff like this for a while before doing this. Yeah. And, you know, you're sort of not really ready for the fact that you will say things and then not remember saying them or you will play games and not remember playing them. Yeah. <laughs> because you just, there's just that much to do. Yeah. You find out that you store that much stuff in your brain. Like, I actually mm. remember us doing the first episode and I was just thinking, this is just going to go terribly and then we're just never going to talk about it again. And then we did yeah. it and I was like, hey, we actually have some shit to talk about. We've actually got stories and we actually <laughs> have played games. And we've got opinions, and it all kind of came out well, so we just kept on doing it. Mm. So, yes, um, there have been times when I've been going over the podcast, just, you know, editing, taking out little clicks and coughs and things, and I've laughed out loud at stuff that we've said. because yeah, we're you know, pretty dumb. We amuse ourselves. Mm -hmm. There you go. Emails, kind of half full informatic. Thank you for correcting me. I'm sure I'll be corrected again. Um, next week yep. when this one comes out about something yep. or Maybe other. Maybe we should just try to say things. We should just try to slip things in that are obviously wrong. Like the blue boat. The what? <laughs> it's a term that apparently in advertising, if you're trying to get an idea through, but mm. clients generally like to have opinions on things. And yeah. there was a creative director once who knew that their client had- um, The urge to make changes. Yeah, like to have opinions on something or like to, in, in each job, find something that they could just add to. So, yep. in all the creatives that they put forward, he would always just put a blue boat in them. And then the client would just kind of say, why is there a blue boat? Why don't we just take the blue boat out? So then the advertising agency got what they wanted and the client was able to feel like that they made a change by taking out something that shouldn't have been there anyway. So it's called mm. adding a blue boat. All right. Well, we need to find, to find words that we can use incorrectly that will eventually drive your wife insane. We do that anyway. I'm sure we do that anyway. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, let's move on so, uh, to releases of the week. I've only got one release of the week. Mm. Everything that's out is already out. Poyo Poyo Tetris has been pushed back. 
to, I think, next week. Yeah. Weirdly, it's out everywhere else except for Australia, where it's been pushed back till sometime in May. So, oh, really? I don't have okay. a copy yet. You can get a demo on the Switch, but you can't get the full game yet. Uh, All right. But cool. what is coming to the Switch is Garou Mark of the Wolves. Another- so, this is your quest to own it on all possible platforms. Yeah, this will be like the 12th version of this game that I own <laughs> on various platforms. I'm never more than three feet away from being able to play it. Right. The only thing with this one is it doesn't have online play, so they've taken it out, which is probably not is that bad. really better? No, because they had the shit online play on there anyway. So, unless they're going to put the GGPO, which I got right this time, they might as well just not put it in. So, you know, it's fine. G-O-G-G-O. G-G-G-O. Okay. Yes. That's the only release of the week. No, hang on. There's another release of the week. Prey. Strafe. Yeah, there's Zoom Strafe. On. And there's also Prey. Okay. Which I'm probably going to buy on Green Man Gaming because fuck paying $79 yeah. US for it. <laughs> All right, so there you go. We started off with just one, and we've got three. Go out and buy some yep. games. Almost like boobs on that logo. Yes, we've got extra, weirdly, and they look weird. Um, let's. <laughs> what's coming up on the site? Let's get us out of here. Oh, there's going to be a strafe review. Yeah, you've been furiously editing a strafe review together. Oh, you've been furiously composing an intro for me as yeah, well. Yeah, I did so a nice little was- intro. I spent some time in After Effects. Yeah, we, we know now why people don't do these things. Like, there's not so much long form reviewing going around because it's actually quite time consuming it takes a while to do it takes a while to craft and to get your thoughts together and even above that then you've got to go and shoot video for all the bits and pieces that you know make your point Mm -hmm. but i think somebody says go and find blood splattering over acid for me yeah all right i actually tried to do that again today and i couldn't get it to work oh really we're lucky you could get to work last night so we're lucky i also recorded videos for in no particular order cosmic star heroine kingdom new lands metrico and the turing test so one of those will probably go up this week i'm not sure which one yet cool and hopefully my internet will hold together again for some Mm. more friday night fights we got uh to play wacky wacky seven and eventually it worked and eventually, it wasn't just a picture of my head and no <laughs> video. I was having a I bit- thought this was a brave new Twitch streaming <laughs> paradigm where you don't see the game, you just see Dave reacting to it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hit the button which brought up the game screen. And I didn't realize because I wasn't watching that screen. I was watching my TV because I get the better frame rate on the TV. And um, yep. I was just having a ball. And then my wife pokes her head in and I'm like, what are you doing? I'm recording. She's like, you're not showing any of the game. Like, <laughs> Anthony just texted me. I'm like, shit. Yeah, because Anthony first tried to talk to you I wasn't in watching Twitch chat. chat. I don't watch chat. Then he SMSed you. Yep. Yep. And then his last resort was calling your wife. <laughs> it's like, can you just tell your idiot husband <laughs> that he's fucking it up? Uh, so I had to cut that bit out. But anyway. I cut it out when I put it up on the site, Yeah, but maybe we can do a B-roll of me just for 10 minutes looking like I'm playing a game. I had some good yeah. thoughts on that game that I had to rem- try and remember and then put into the <laughs> second half. So, oh, Anyway, yeah. that was fun. Waka Waka 7 is a good, fun game. Probably my third or fourth favorite SNK fighting game. Maybe we should do a, um, a Neo Geo tournament where we just put all the fighting games up on, up on a dolly wheel. And it just gets spun, and that's what you're playing this round. Well, we were going to do the bad game dolly wheel, which we should still do. Yes. Just go to EB. What, what, was, the, what was the deal with that? Oh, uh, that we would just go to EB and buy a whole bunch of bad games and then put them on a dolly wheel mm. and then spin the dolly wheel and then have to play the game that popped up. So you would have yeah. to play um, Barbie's Horse Adventures or um, FIFA 2009. I don't know if that was a good game or not. No. But just um, alleviate EB games of all their shit console games. 
What would be better is if we could buy one, but it has to be like a story-based game, and then huh. we live stream marathoning that game to completion. Yeah, okay. We can maybe do that for a charity stream. Mm. That can be our thing. Instead of Desert Bus, it's um, Wheel of Games. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Uh, well, that's it. I think that's all that's coming up on the site. Uh, look yep. for all those things. Some of those videos we'll probably post next week or the week after because we probably won't have mm. enough time for posting them all. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to semicast at semiinformatic.com. We'll read anything you send us out on the air. Or feel free to send us a message on Twitter. We're at semiinformatic. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes where you can find some past episodes. And while you're there, we'd love it if you could take a few seconds to leave us a rating or a review. We'd love to hear what you guys think about the show. You can also find uh, Semicast show archives as well as other videos that we've been talking about online at semiinformatic.com. Thank you very much for listening. It's been great talking to you again. My name's David Shack. I've been here with Anthony Murphy. And just remember that we love that you love doing what you love. Thank you very much. Talk to you next week. Emaciated. Hated. Hated.